We're starting a new series here this morning at Walk Church, and it's called Summer Set List. Summer Set List. What's on your summer set list? Come on, anybody? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. You're like, ooh, I don't know if I can share. My set list is uh, not appropriate. Hey, you know what? I'm not sure what your set list is for this summer, but I pray that the Lord would get into it and move and speak to you even through Music. Uh, anybody a fan of music here in the room? Does anybody like music? All types of different music? Come on, what's your favorite style of music? Anybody? Country. I knew someone was going to say country right off the top. Anybody else? I just heard raw. I don't know what that was. Uh, did someone say Broadway? Okay. <laughs> Our church is diverse, y'all. I'm trying to tell you. The first two, country and Broadway. Anybody else? Smooth jazz. There we go. Some of the, the 80s. The 80s. Okay. No R&B. No hip hop. No rap. Dang. Okay, students. Thank y'all for helping me out, making me feel at home. Okay. And then nobody said worship. Right. <laughs> we need help. Pray for us. Worship team. Sorry. I thought someone would have just started just with the you know get the bonus points. Worship music. We love. We love. We love worship. Um, well, we're in this summer set list, and so um, throughout the month of June and July, it's officially summer, y'all. Come on, praise God. We made it to this moment, and um, some of y'all are like, I don't know if I should clap or not because summer is it's kind of like a love-hate relationship in Las Vegas. You either like love it or you hate it because it's so hot, amen? It, it, we, got, we got our Vegas sun on there, um, and, and we know it, it gets kind of crazy, but the different people that are going to preach over the next two months as we lean into this series are just going to identify a song that's on their summer set list and then look at that song and take it to scripture and take a piece of that song and say from the song to the scripture maybe there's a word for us from the word and that it can be even more more meaningful than than just a song there's a song that's on my set list that you you may know or you you may not know but i would say arguably it's the greatest pop song ever to be released. That's a big statement, okay? So some of the youth in the front aren't necessarily going to know it, but some of the older folks in the room might know it. I'm just going to go ahead and play it, and if you know it, you can go ahead and sing it with me, and if not... So many people are feeling awkward. Come on, say, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Come on, clap. No, I'm just playing. All right, here we go. We're going to fade that out. I'm grateful for the, the support of everybody that decided to clap. I wish my dance skills were better, but um, I've, been, I've been listening to that song. It's been taking me back to these different moments. I want to preach a message to you today that I'm simply titling The Man in the Mirror. I grabbed this mirror from Nina. Hopefully she was okay with that. Um, and, uh, and I'm looking at myself right here during the sermon. And I, I wanted to talk about today the man or the woman in the mirror. The, the man, the woman, the, the person that you are, the student, the older individual, the more seasoned individual, the, the, the youth that just graduated fifth grade and is now in the room and is like, dang, this is what y'all do in big church? Yeah, I know it's cool. I know it's cool in here. Um, we, we don't usually do that, by the way. For, for those who, for the first time, you're like, do y'all always listen to Michael Jackson? 
But we're talking about the man in the mirror here today. And for this summer, I wanted to, to, to look at this lyric. I'm going to put it up here on the screen from Michael Jackson. Um, he says it like this. He says, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. And today, what if, what if the word that you caught was, I'm not going to focus on everybody else. I'm not going to focus on Fox 5, CNN, or any of those other things. I'm not going to focus on social media. I'm going to look in the mirror and focus on me, and I'm going to make myself better, because if I'm better, then everything around me gets better. If you want to make the world a better place, which, come on, don't we want to see it better? I don't know about you, but I, I look around at our nation, and there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of darkness. Like, I've used the word evil more in the last two weeks than I think I've used in a, in a while. Like, man, that's just evil. That's just demonic. That's just straight. Like, I don't even have the word to describe the, the brokenness and the pain with the different shootings that have taken place. It seems like every other day there's a new one. And, and I'm broken for, for families that are experiencing that in real time. Something's off. And all you can control is what you can control, amen? So what if you started with you? I know that it, I can be the one to quickly start pointing out all the flaws in others. But if I start with me, I realize there's enough to work on with me <laughs> that I can really focus on. So if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then... Make a change. I want to talk about three things to change this summer. That this summer, June and July, first week in August, you got two months and a week. I'm going to give you three things. Everybody say three. three. I think if you focus on these three things and say, you know what? These are the three things that I'm going to change this summer, starting with me. I'm going to get a little bit better. And if I get a little bit better, the people around me, you'll, you'll realize, right? When you start getting better, people around you will either get better or they'll go somewhere else. Right? Start, start with yourself. You, you'll start to realize, man, I'm contagious in a good way. Like when I start lowering my standards, people start lowering their standards. When I start leveling up, people start leveling up. Be a leader. Amen? Start with you. Three things that I want to see you consider changing. I'm saying, not saying you have to make a change, but I'm saying maybe you would consider, based upon God's word and the title of this sermon, start with the man in the mirror. Number one. Everybody say number one. Number one, I want, to, I want you to consider change of pace. Change of pace. Absolutely no amens. Maybe there was an amen in the chat. I'm not sure. But nobody really got excited about a change of pace. But let me go ahead and define the word pace for you here today. The word pace, according to Webster's Dictionary, is the rate of movement. In fact, the Cambridge Dictionary says that pace is the speed at which someone or something moves. Just as a moment of reflection, how's your pace? Today, what, what is the rate of your movement? Are you moving too fast? Are you moving too slow? What is the rate of your movement? What is the speed at which someone or something, in this case you, is, is moving? I, I've realized that for me personally, I've been moving at a fast pace. And for those who are in the room, I want to give you this first point under change of pace, and that is simply this. This summer, I want to encourage you to slow it down a little bit, amen? 
For some in the room, change of pace means you need to slow down. And you came to this sermon, and God took this point, and he attached it to your biography, and he said, you, specifically you, you need to slow down. And, and, and change of pace could be the exact thing that when you look in the mirror and you say, God, what do you want me to do? Start with me. God might say, I want you to slow down. I'm somebody who loves to study the person of Jesus Christ in the Bible. You'll, you'll find him exclusively in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of John, and then briefly in the book of Acts chapter 1. Now, Jesus is in and throughout all the books. In fact, he's more alive and present in the Old Testament than many of us realize. And if you hang around Walk Church long enough, you'll see him in the Old Testament because we love the OT. We love digging into the Old Testament. In fact, we're in a series through the book of Nehemiah that we're going to pick back up right after the summer. I'm excited about that. But Jesus is all throughout the Bible, right? He is the living word, but you'll see his life on display in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. One thing that I've realized as I've read about Jesus, I've never found a moment where he's in a hurry. Have you? Can, you? can you name one moment where Jesus was running? Come on, right? Where Jesus was like, oh, snap, we got to go. Come on, disciples. And he just starts taking off running? Never. In fact, I see Jesus at a calm, cool, collective pace. One of my favorite moments is in John chapter 4, Jesus takes the long route to go through Samaria, which is a different culture, a different race, and even ministers to a different gender than rabbis were supposed to in the culture minister. He talks to a woman at the well at Samaria and begins to minister right to her spirit. And what's crazy about that is the disciples get back and are like, yo, Jesus, we're not supposed to do this. We got to go. And then all the people from Samaria come and pull up on Jesus and say, yo, Jesus, can you hang out with us a little bit longer? How long? Two days. And Jesus says, well, we're staying two days. Wow. I wonder if, I mean, Jesus, if anybody could have said, ah, you know, I got somewhere to be. I got some people to see. I got, I got a whole nother like city to heal. I mean, I just gave her like 20 minutes at the well. Now all of y'all are here. Take your picture. I'm going. Jesus hangs out in Samaria for two days. What were those conversations like? And I love the people in Samaria go up to the woman at the well and say, we no longer believe because of you. But, but now we've heard and we've experienced and we've seen Jesus with ourselves. And he is the Messiah, not just of the people of Israel, but of us too. Right? Jesus had this pace where he walked and talked. And the thing that blows my mind is Jesus did more in three years, then everybody in this room combined was never in a rush. In fact, the gospel writer John, the last couple verses of the gospel of John, it says it like this. John says, and Jesus did so much more stuff, all the books in the libraries of the world couldn't contain all Jesus did in his 33-year span of life, and he never was in a hurry. Does that convict anybody? Let's start with me. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, dude, you got to change your pace. Because I find myself hurrying. Nina and I live really close to the school. I was at a baby shower last night for our friends Will and Vanessa Pong. And, and somebody said, hey, you, you live right around the school. And I said, yeah, I got to be close because I'm always, you know. And then I was convicted. I was like, dang, yeah, I know. 
Sometimes I'm over-scheduling things. I'm, I'm so relational that I'm in a conversation. I'm like, sorry, I'm late. So then I got to show up to another conversation. I'm like, sorry, I was in a... And, and I, the Holy... I'm, can I be transparent? This is the man in the mirror. I'm saying, I got to change my pace. Because I feel like when I'm rushed, other people feel rushed. I got to change my pace. I, I, I need to slow down. There's a book that I've been reading that has really been helpful for me in this season. I, our, our staff at Walk Church is always reading through one book in the context of leadership or development. And we've been reading through this book. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And we're selling this book today. I want to encourage you to get it. We're selling it for $15, which is cheaper than the price on Amazon. So if you want to pick one up today, I would encourage you to do it. It's written by a pastor in Portland, Oregon named John Mark Comer. And he writes in this book about the ruthless elimination of hurry. And one of the things he gets at here is saying, if we are apprentices of Jesus, if we say, hey, we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to be like Jesus, that means that we can't be rushed. Because if we're moving at his pace, then we won't be in a hurry. In fact, we'll be in a hurry to do the things that Jesus does. And what does Jesus do, right? He's walking. He's discipling. He's loving He's Sabbathing. He's eating, amen? He's hanging. He's leading. He's changing people's lives. And so I want to encourage you to consider what it looks like for you to <clears throat> change the pace. One of the quotes that I wanted to highlight from this book that really spoke to me is, Comer says it like this, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. I want an advanced summer. Like, I don't want to get to the end of this summer and feel like, man, I was hurried. How was your summer? Rushed. I don't want that. Amen? So here's what I got to do. I got to be proactive. Right? I don't want to just be reactive. I want to say, you know what? I'm going to design this summer the way I want it to be so it's not rushed, but it's also effective. I want to go at his pace for my life. Come on, somebody say change of pace. Change of pace. Jesus was moving at a change of pace. Now, for other people in the room, you might say, you know what? I feel like my pace is pretty good. I, I'm never in a hurry. There's like a minority group in the room that's like, yeah, I'm always planned. I'm never in a hurry. I'm moving fine at a fine speed. Let me give you the, the sub point for you, okay? Come on, you need to pick it up. Somebody say, pick up the pace. I'm talking to somebody that's in the room or somebody that's online right now. And fam, you need to pick up the pace. Like you started the year 2022. I'm going deeper with the Lord. I'm going to read through the gospel of John. Now we're in June. Hey, what you reading? I'm still in John. Pick up the pace. You're moving too slow. This is a word for me, too. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Here's, let me tell you something. If you would have talked to me in January 2022, I would have said, here's some of the things I'm going to do by June. I haven't done them yet. I need to pick up the pace. If I'm going to hit my goals, I've got to go for it. I've got to pick up the pace. Now, I don't know if this is for everybody, because some of you are so rushed, you're like, I can't pick up the pace anymore, or else I'm going to run off a cliff. Right? Spiritually, you're going to burn out. You're going to end up saying, you know what? I'm tired. And I'm not effective because I've realized when you're tired, you're not the leader that you want to be. When you're tired and exhausted, come on, any married couples getting the most fights in the nighttime? 
Does anybody feel more susceptible to sin when they're tired? Something about when you're tired and in a hurry is, is, is more easier to knock you off. So I'm not saying that if you're there, friend, don't pick it up, slow it down. You got to figure out where you're at. I'm not trying to read your mail today. But let the Holy Spirit take this word and apply it to yourself and you figure out where you're at. For some of you, you got to slow it down. For others of you, you got to pick it up. There's some of these people that I love in our church. And sometimes you remind me of this character, this animated character. I'll put him up on the screen. <laughs> Y'all remind me of Flash from Zootopia. Ha. 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 Slow. Man. Mirror. Come on, flash over here and pick it up. Help me out. Move faster. Let's go get it. Let's get better. Amen. I don't know what that looks like for you, but if you are Flash from Zootopia, that means, you, come on, if you've never seen the movie, one of the things you got to do this summer is watch more movies, okay? Right? Start with Zootopia. Have a little fun. Don't over-spiritualize it. It's just an animated movie. And you say, you know what? I'm going to pick up the pace. Like, here's this, this guy right here. He, he works at the, the place, and he's just very, very, he's a sloth. He's very slow. Don't be a slothful Christian. That's got to be a proverb somewhere, right? Pick up the pace. This book right here will help you do that. Um, the last chapter in this book is called Slowing. And John Mark Comer gives 20 uh, tips, 20 suggestions on just how to slow down. Um, in fact, one of the tips was frustrating. He said, go the speed limit. <laughs> I was like, dang, <laughs> very practical, right? Delete some apps. Be present. Come on, we got to be more present. Slow down. There's this verse that's really eye-opening and convicting. It's in the, the book of Job. In, in Job chapter 14. It says, you have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we are not given a minute longer, says the man of God, Job. Listen, friends, we got 24 hours, nothing more, nothing less. If you feel like you're like, man, if I just had eight more hours, I'd be able to do all the, you got to change your pace. Or if you feel like, man, this is like a long day, I got nothing to do. You got to pick up the pace. God has something for you to do. One thing you don't see, see, Jesus is never in a rush, but he's also never complacent. Like, can't find the moment of Jesus rushing, hurry, running, but you also can't find the moment where Jesus is not intentional. I mean, how many lives is Jesus changing? Come on, he's on the move, amen? One thing about Jesus, and I love this word, he's, he walks takes his next step. I want to encourage you to take your next step. Somebody say, change of pace. Amen. Let me give you point number two. Second thing that I want you to change. All right, Hayden, I want you to change your pace. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to change your routine. When you change your pace, it may look like a change of routine. Routine, it's what you do on a regular basis. Routine is filled with habits. Routine is filled with patterns. Routine is what you do on a regular basis to fill your time. How's your routine? Maybe today you would say, you know what? I don't really have a routine. Get a routine. 
Figure out what your morning routine is going to be, what your afternoon routine is going to be, what your evening routine is going to be. If you leave it up to chance and you don't schedule your schedule, your schedule will schedule you. Your schedule will say, hey, you didn't put it, you, didn't, you, didn't, you weren't intentional, here's what you're going to do now. And you're like, I, don't, I didn't want to do that. Well, that's why you got to listen to the sermon. <laughs> change of routine. You got you to change of routine. Let me give you a sub point with this idea of change of routine. Here's, here's it. Start a habit. S- start a habit. A habit is something that you do on a regular basis. It's something that you do repeatedly. It's something that you do so frequently that your mind can go on autopilot and you do it anyway. Like anybody ever had this moment where you're like in the shower and you're like, did I wash my hair or not? I think I just washed my hair. Did I just wash my hair? Like, I don't know. And, and the truth is you did, but you just, you did it so out of habit that you couldn't even remember if you did it or not. Some of y'all needed to do that, okay? You're like, ah, I don't do that. Well, that's something you should change your routine. Hygiene. Come on, amen? Start a habit. Start a habit that's going to help you. One of the things we love to talk about here at Walk Church is the three-week challenge because we believe if you can do something for three weeks, then you can keep doing it. Uh, the three-week challenge here at Walk Church is if you're here for the first time, come back for another two. See if this is the right church for you. If it's not, that's okay because there's a lot of great churches. We want you to go where you can grow, but we pray it's here. We do pray that God has led you here for such a time as this that you're saying, you know, I'm going to plug in here. I'm going to get to know the people in the room, and I'm going to get better in this place. Change your routine. Start a habit. Let me give you, this might be for you. Like you might say, you know what? I got enough in this sermon. I'm ready to go. But for other people in the room, let me give you the second sub point. You need to break a habit. And this summer, this is your moment. It's a commissioning. Friend, you need to break a habit. You need to say, you know what? I, I tend to do this often. I'm ready to stop doing that. I want to break a habit. Let me give you another book suggestion. This book right here is called Atomic Habits. Um, It's another book that I read this year in 2022. Um, I also brought our staff through this book, and it's a helpful book. It's called Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, on how tiny changes in your life and your routine can lead to remarkable results to where you're like, you know what? I'm doing things that I didn't think I was going to do. I'm doing better. Start a habit, break a habit. James Clear in this book, he writes on how habits shape our lives and how a habit can be applied to anything. It could be applied to your sport. It could be applied to school, exercise, or your walk with Jesus. You could apply habits to your prayer life that could make you a better prayer warrior or a better reader of the word where you don't just read the word, but the word begins to read you. It's a habit. Start a habit. Break a habit. One of the quotes that I love from James Clear in this book, he says, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. So good. Someone wanted to clap for that. Every action you take, hear me, church, every action you take is a vote for the type of person that you're like, I want to become that person. Come on, students in the front row, you're thinking, hey, you know what? I want to become this type of person one day. Start now. Start now. One of the best pieces of advice I remember an individual gave me when I was in college. I became a Christian. I became a believer in Jesus. 
And that changed my whole pace and my whole routine because I was living in the world. I didn't know necessarily all the difference and nuance. And somebody said, hey, look, start praying for your spouse now. In fact, start preparing for your spouse now. Get some habits in place that's going to make you the husband that you need to be and the father that you need to be one day. Start now. Don't start then because then you're going to have to catch up. I said, man, you know what? I can start now. I can start preparing. Now I'm going to put some habits in place. Every action that I take, that's actually helping me become the person that I, I want to be or the person I don't want to be. You start to realize the actions that you're taking are leading you to become somebody you don't want to be. Change it up. Th- this summer, June, July, beginning of August, change your routine. Can I give you some just suggestions? All right, three of y'all. Anybody else? Anybody else need some suggestions? I'm just going to give you some suggestions, okay? Here, I'll give you a couple suggestions. I'll put them up here on the screen. Uh, number one, read daily. I want to encourage you to change your routine so that you would be somebody who reads daily. If I were to do a show of hands in the room and you were going to choose not to lie, the amount of people who actually read daily with intention is few. Where you pick up a book and you say, you know what? What are you about to do? I'm about to read. For real? Yeah. That's not everybody, but it could be you. I want to encourage you to change your routine. Get a routine. Get a habit where you read daily. Here's what I want you to do. Two things. I want you to read your Bible daily, whether that's the proverb of the day or start a book in the Bible. Somebody said, where should I start? I said, pick a book and start in chapter one and go all the way through it. Pick it up. Bible. And then a level up book. What's a level up book? A level up book is a book that you could say, you know what, this is helping me level up. One of the reasons why I grabbed these two books Atomic Habits and Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is because, one, I need help with my habits. I need to level up. And number two, I need to slow down. So I really want to push the bookstore today. In fact, we have started a brand new merch table of books. We have, we have um, 10 or 11, 10 or 11. I want to say it's 10, maybe 11 staff members here at Walk Church. All right, And I asked all of them recently, I said, if you could pick one book, just one book that you would encourage our church to read, what would it be? And they all sent their list in. And so we just filled the merch table, as far as our book table, with books that are handpicked by our staff. Right? Um, My picks, I picked two, I'm sorry, I cheated. Were The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and Atomic Habits. These two books will help you level up. Now, you don't have to pick one of these. Like Pastor Stacy, who was up here earlier, he said, my book is a devotional. It's a morning devotional that I start in the morning time. I read it, and it helps me. Maybe that's what you need. That's, that's going to help you level up. My sister Kinsey, our young adult director, said, there's a book that helped me grow in my singleness and my identity in Christ. And she, she said, that's the book that somebody in our church needs. Pick it up. Maybe today you might say, you know what, the book that I need is a book that's specific on growing closer to Jesus and seeing him on the cross in the empty grave. I need a cross-centered life book. That's a book that was suggested. Pick up the cross-centered life by C.J. Mahaney. It'll, It'll help you. In other words, pick up a book and read it. Readers are leaders. Amen? 
So if you start with a book, it's going to help you. Pick one of these up here today. You'll be encouraged by it. Let me go back to my list. Uh, Read daily a Bible and level up book. Meditate daily. Come on, somebody say meditate. Meditate. Oh, come on, say meditate. 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 I found that meditation makes my reading more effective in my life. Meditation is not just something people do in the Middle East in a pagan religion way. Meditation is a Bible word. David himself says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, he says that he would meditate on God's word day and night. I want to encourage you. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Um, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon that said, we should start our day with morning meditation. We should end our day with evening evaluation. Start your day, you know what? I changed my pace. It's not like my alarm went off, and it's like the scene from Home Alone. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? No, it's more like my alarm went off. I think I'm just going to meditate. It's going to process. I was talking to my guy, Pastor Wes. I said, Pastor Wes, what time do you get up? He said, before you. I said, wow. I said, man, the birds are chirping. Sun's coming up. I said, what do you do? He said, I usually go on a walk. I said, for real? <laughs> Dang. So then I go back, you know, eat a little bit, talk to Jeannie, read some stuff, work on some stuff. And that's usually when I, that, by then, that's usually when I'm texting, right? Whoa. Change your routine. Change your pace. But I, I realized, you know what? I need to do some, I, I, need, I need to get up earlier. But in order for me to get up earlier, I need to go to sleep earlier because then I got to change my, I got to change my routine. It can't be like 11. I'm like, let's start a movie. Let's start a movie. Yeah, that sounds great. Start a movie. In fact, I'm going to go get an energy drink for the movie. It's going to mess up the next day. Change your pace. Change your routine. Meditate daily. David says, I would meditate on the law in the morning time during the day, and then I get to the nighttime. I would meditate in the nighttime. In fact, in a different psalm, David talks about how he would lay on his bed and meditate on the Lord. That right there blows my mind. Do we got that? I want to, psalm... Um, I'm blanking on the actual reference right now, but I'm not sure if I put it in. But it's this verse where David says, uh, my soul, come on, read this with me. Everybody ready, set, go. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. Come on, stop right there. What a dope line. (laughs) David's like, you know, you ever been to a restaurant? You got like this really good food, like the fattening and rich food, and you feel satisfied? He goes, my soul is going to feel like that. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help. Come on, Manu. Right? We need to lay down. Don't start thinking about all the negative stuff. Think about all the ways God has helped you today. Man, Lord, you helped me a lot. You helped me in that conversation. You helped me on the drive. You helped me. With my food, you help, you're helping me right now. And as I rest, you, you've been my help. God wants to hear from you. Friend, meditate daily. Don't be so rushed that you miss the meditation. Morning meditation, evening evaluation. How did I do today, Lord? Either way, in the gospel, you're already good. 
The Holy Spirit might say, I want you to change your pace. Maybe it's change your routine. Let me go back to my list. I'm almost done. Uh, write daily. Oh, and I want to encourage you to write something down daily. It's going to help you. Journal. We actually are dropping some new journals here today at Walk Church. Oh, man, praise God. You need one of these. Um, grab one of these journals. Today, we're, we're selling them for $5. They come with a little pen. If, if you don't have the five and you really want one, you can have one. It's not about the money. It's about whether you're going to take the challenge or not. I want to encourage you. Uh, to do it. These little journals have been helpful. I got one of these that's almost filled. Ooh, there's a lot of fire in this journal. I hope I don't lose it, but whoever finds it, if they, if I, they think I'm going to find a packed journal of good stuff. Come on, write daily. Somebody say, write daily. Right Tap the person next to you and say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Write daily. Pick one of these journals up. If you don't got a five, it's okay. But friend, if you buy it, if you buy up, get, get you a bundle. Get you a book and a journal. Come on, get you a bundle. It's going to help you. Look, there's, there's not a better $15 or $20 that you could spend this summer than getting some stuff to help you grow in your discipleship, to help you grow in your pace. Write daily. Here's what, I be, here's what I believe. I believe that you'll find on the other side of summer, you'll get to August, and you'll go back and you'll read and you'll say, man, God has done a lot in my life. You'll say, you know, oh, I remember that day. That day was not good. Or you'll say, yeah, you'll have a journal entry. You'll write something down. You'll be like, ooh, I forgot he said that. That's actually, that's the word. You might say, you know what? I got to go back to my notes. I want to share this with somebody. I, I wrote it down. Come on. Write something down. I want to encourage you to write daily, whether it's something that God's showing you, whether it's just a prayer to the Lord. I have some prayers that I wrote back in 2009. They're deep. I'm living in them. I'm, I'm living in stuff that I wrote. God's like, hey, you know you wrote that down. God's like, I never forgot. Go check your journal from 2022, summertime. Ooh, y'all, y'all ready for this next one? <laughs> Exercise daily. Come on, somebody just clap. Somebody needed this boost. Maybe you needed this boost. Exercise daily. I wanted to hold myself accountable. So before I got to church, you know what I did? I did 12 sit-ups and I did 12 push-ups. Come on. Kaylani, give me some encouragement. <laughs> Kaylani said, wow. <laughs> really nice. But hey, guess what? You ever heard somebody say this? Right? You don't have to uh, uh, be great to start. You just have to start to be great. Right? I realize, you know what? I don't know if I can go beyond 12 right this moment, but I'm going to get better. Why did I pick 12? I don't know. It was a disciple. 12 disciples. I don't know. I just, it's what came to my head. Okay? It's one of those Bible numbers. 12. Look, friend, I want to encourage you to exercise daily. Do something daily. There's something about when I exercise, it helps me in my mental. I come out of that... I ran a mile the other day. I came back in the house. Nina was like, what? I was like, I got to do that every day. I just got to. Even while I did that mile, it was, I was meditating. I was thinking of things. I was getting dreams. I was getting ideas. I was getting vision. Something about it. I can't really call it. But I want to encourage you to do it. It's going to help you in your health. It's going to help you in your fitness. It could be as small as just doing some sit-ups. Maybe you start your day with 10, you end your day with 10. Change your routine. You say, yo, I'm too busy. Change your pace. 
Figure it out. You got 24 hours. What are you going to do with them? Make it happen. Somebody say, make it happen. happen. Come on, we got to grow in our discipline. I was reading Proverbs chapter 5 this morning. And the ending of Proverbs 5 says, you'll die for the lack of discipline. Whoa! I read Proverbs 5 every, every month. But today it hit different. Exercise daily. Make it happen. Come on, put in the chat. Make it happen. Uh, let me move into the fifth point. Uh, examine daily. We talked a little bit about that already. Examine daily. Get to the end of your day. Or, or get to the end of your meeting. Get to the end of your moment and just say, you know what, let me just examine. How did, how did that go? Do I need to apologize? Do I need to send a text message and say, thanks for taking me to coffee? Do I need to encourage somebody? What, let me just examine my life. Do I need to go back downstairs and do the dishes? I don't know. But it could happen in the examination realm. Examine daily. And that's going to lead me into my third and final point, and then we're going to be done, and we're going to respond to the Lord here today. A third change is a little bit more spiritual. It's a change of heart. We talked about a change of pace. We talked about a change of routine. I want to talk about a change of heart. Start with the man in the mirror. Look at myself. I, I need a change of heart. Lord, I need, Lord, come change this person's heart. Start, start with me. This is one of the prayers of David in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says it like this. Search me. Come on, let's read it together. Ready, set, go. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Did you catch it? What a prayer. Do y'all, can y'all really, y'all down for that prayer? Lord, search my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. David was emphatic. He put the exclamation point. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And Lord, lead me in the way of everlasting. Lead me in an everlasting way, not just a temporary way. God, lead me. Search me. Know me. Try me. This is how you get better this summer. That, that, that inviting the Lord to do this in you is going to change you, shape you, grow you. It's the first Sunday in the month of June, and for those who are part of our Walk Church family, you know on every first Sunday of the month, we always take a time for communion. In other words, the, the Lord's Supper. It's something that Jesus put in place so that we can do what I talked about last week. We could remember him. When we approach the table and you get one of these communion packs, you take time to remember what Jesus did on the cross. You take time to remember the blood that was shed in your place. You take time to remember him. And what you do in that moment is examine. And so the first two points are something that has to do with schedule, pace, routine. This last point has to do with the heart. Because if your heart's not in it, you won't do the first two. If your heart's not ready, the first two will just be good motivation and it'll wear off. Your summer will look the same. I'm encouraging you to plan your summer. Get your heart right. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13. 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13. He says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. 
That's a challenging word. Hey, I'm convinced there might be some people in the room today, you think you're a Christian, but you're not. You think you're in the faith because you know what to do, you know what to say, you know how to go to church. You're not. You got to examine yourself. How's your walk? Do you just say I'm a Jesus follower? Or are you actually a Jesus follower? Are you walking with him? Are you trusting in him? Are you listening to him? My sheep hear my voice. Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Paul says, test yourself. Am I, am I a follower of Christ? Am I doing it? There's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus, but you know if you're authentic or if you're faking it. And maybe today you're faking it and you say, you know what, I'm ready to get real. Today's my day to, to, to know God, to receive him as my savior. I want us to move into this time. In, in 1 Corinthians 11, you'll also find this examining language. Our worship team, you guys can come up as we get ready to close. Paul says, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This communion packet is an opportunity and an invitation to remember and examine. Examine yourself. If you need to let go of anything before you partake, let go of it. If you need to call somebody and say, you know what, I, I want to apologize to you before you partake, call them. You might have to step out of church. It's not awkward. Do what you got to do. If you need to text somebody and be like, you know what, I know I, I, I wronged you. I'm ready to make it right. Now, if you've already done, I'm not trying to give you what you need to do. I'm just giving you some examples. But maybe what you just need to do is go to the Lord and say, Lord, I just want to one more time say, you can have my heart. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. You died for me on the cross. You shed your blood for me. When you drink this, you remember that the blood cleanses you. You're forgiven. When you eat this cracker, remember that Jesus' body was broken for you. You don't have to die. For your sin, he did it for you. And you can remember the gospel. Look at me, everybody. Don't miss this. Look at me. If your pace is jacked up, if your routine is all messed up, but you know the Savior, that's still good news, amen? As long as I got Jesus, I'm free, I'm forgiven, I'm healed, I'm whole. Now, I want to grow, I want to get better, I want to look more like Him. Change your pace, change your routine. But this right here is a reminder to change your heart, amen? Let's do this right now. We have a communion table right here that you can grab from. There's also one in the back left and in the back right. I'm going to pray, and at any moment, you can go grab a cracker, a packet. If you want to come up to the altar and pray, we're going to have some of our leaders up here to pray with you. And uh, let's respond to the Lord now in this time. Father, thank you for this message. Start with me. I'm looking at the man in the mirror, and I'm seeing you with me. Father, if there's anybody in the room today that's examining themselves and realizing, you know what? I need Jesus. I need him. I need him. I want him. Right now, this is your moment to respond. If you're there with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, would you just lift your hand? I see that there's some hands up in the room. 
I pray for each individual with their hand up right now that's ready to respond. Just If your hand's up right now, just say, Jesus, I'm ready now. Save me. Forgive me of all my sins. My past now is forgiven. My future is secure. I believe and receive you, Jesus. I'm ready in the present to follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, for anybody in the room today that's a follower of you already, that believes in Jesus but needs to help change their pace and routine, Holy Spirit, help them. If this, if this message spoke to you, come on, lift your hand. If you, know that, if you know what you need to do, lift your hand. God, I pray for everybody that's going to get a journal today. Everybody that's going to get a book today. Everybody who's going to change their routine today. Everybody who's going to take a step today. Holy Spirit, step with us. Come on, just say, step with me, Lord. Step with me, Lord. Step with me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.